Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, July 14th. Is it 4th? Yep. Yeah, uh, correct. I'm just going to say 14th. It's probably July 14th. Um, my name is Chris and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, I'm here too. Welcome everyone to the main podcast. We got a good one for you. Thanks for joining us as always. Yeah, I know Daniel, longtime listeners will remember that you're a huge sports fan. You follow every sport in and out. You know all the players and all the teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basketball is my favorite sport. I love the way they dribble <laughs> up and down the field. <laughs> So I know you're following it intently right now. The NBA finals are going on as we speak. Um, what do you think of the two teams in the championship right now? If you can even name them. Yeah, the two teams, I think they had such a difficult season, an upward trajectory, you know, upward hill battle for both of them. But they, you yeah. know, they both made it. They've had their ups and downs <laughs> to get to the point that they're at. And, you know, they the two of them beat all the other teams to get there. It's amazing yeah. for, for right. them. Uh, just I'm just wishing them both luck <laughs> on the day because <laughs> they both I know needed. like it's because there's a lot of young guys a lot of young guys but there's definitely like old veterans too that finally made the NBA finals um, after 16 years of being in the NBA finally making it to the championship it's such a big deal for that guy right yeah yeah such a big deal old guys new guys <laughs> sounds like you don't know you're you're talking about you're just <laughs> getting a gamble I don't want to I don't want to like rain on your parade and step on your toes so I'm going to let you talk about it because I know you're the one that's really following it. Oh, oh, well, that's so gracious of you just giving me the floor when you could just talk about it yourself. I mean, come <laughs> on. Come on. Very, very adult of you. Wow. So who do you think is going to win, the Clippers or the Nets? Uh, I think the Clippers are going to win because they clip <laughs> Nets, right? <laughs> It's going to be pretty hard for both of those teams to win because they're not in the finals. Well, yeah, I, I know what you're them. asking. <laughs> what What is a clipper? Are, when they see clippers, are they talking about like hair clippers? Like the team no. is... No, uh, fingernail clippers. <laughs> and not like nets. They're just equi- like equipment on the court. No, they're, they're just fishing nets. Fishing nets. That makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Brooklyn basketballs. <laughs> exactly. Like... What? The New York the sneakers, right? <laughs> what is that? Um, do you not know the teams that are in the finals at all? Mm, have not been keeping track. No. Okay, uh, I'll name two players, one from each team, and then see if you can name the teams. One from each. Oh, okay. All okay. right, let's hear. It. One, I think you'll get because the Greek freak Giannis is in the championship, and he plays for Mil- the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Okay. So they're in representing the East. Representing the West, uh, 16 years of playing in the NBA is finally in the finals. Chris Paul of Chris the... Paul. I can see it now. Is there like some type of red in their costumes? <laughs> no. There's red in the commercials that he's in because oh. it's State Farm commercials. State Farm. Okay. State Farm, State Farm. State Farm, that's like Peyton Manning, right? Does he play on the same team? No. St- Peyton Manning is uh, nationwide. Oh. On side. <laughs> I've got the wrong insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I thought you follow sports and insurance companies. Is it, is it, is it Boston? No. First off, he's representing the West. Okay, So he just it's has a, a whole region, is what you're saying? No. he beat His team beat everyone in the West to make it to the finals. And it's a, it's a place that's very hot. Uh, it's hot in the West? Rising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arizona. 
that's the states, but the city that they represent oh, is Phoenix. Yes, and they are the Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't pull your teeth. This is gut wrenching. Right, this is taking too long. <laughs> Okay, well, I think a son would beat a buck, right? If it's just talking about the, the two different mascots, it's an entire mm-hmm. star against an animal. I mean, it makes sense. But, I mean, like, an animal can make a basket. Can a son make a basket? It's it, it's a ball itself, right? It can go in. By, <laughs> <laughs> if so facto, by logic. But <laughs> All right, well, the Suns are winning. As of this recording, I think it's like 2-0 games i i just never so. like sports i just always felt like if i really wanted to That's i could so do weird. all of that like i could do it That's... i could win a championship <laughs> i could watch it i could you can't even watch it <laughs> so boring i mean they've there's like no special moves they don't have a signature move to yell out when they score a basket that's what you're supposed to do is for style points there is they do yell out things they yell out and one it's so generic you know like everyone <laughs> says that you know all right, enough basketball talk. Um, that's for another show. Uh, why don't you explain how this show works? Well, we'll talk about important things like comic books because we're going to get into that in the comic book news first up, and then we'll get into a good comic book because that's what this podcast is about. We're going to get into Resident Alien, and then at the end, we'll talk about our side stories, which will, will feature no sports, which will just be <laughs> what we did this week. All right. Uh, we, we should do a sports podcast where I just see if you know anything about sports. I mean, you could like try to indoctrinate me and teach me these things i think they'll be okay i'm not against it i'm just saying i will not bring nothing to the table you know <laughs> all right well let's just get into the comic book news then thank you a lot of promotional videos came out a lot of trailers yeah a lot of animated um, things yes so i guess this is down your alley because disney plus released like this promotional video for an anthology series around star wars right it's called star wars visions and it's honestly your favorite thing it's gonna be a anime anthology series mm. uh, you had me disney at plus. star wars and then <laughs> lost me at anime <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be your favorite property, but this is an anthology series again um, with a bunch of anime creators from Japan creating uh, just things connected to Star Wars. Uh, There's going to be some weird anthropomorphic animal type Star Wars things. There's some samurai inspired properties in here. Um, where it looks like they're going to go in the olden times with samurai-looking things. I mean, obviously, Star Wars is inspired by samurai times and Kurosawa type of stuff. Um, and then you got Star like, Wars is older than samurai times. Did you know that? It takes place <laughs> far, long, long time ago. So right, right. <laughs> and a galaxy far, far away because um, I don't know. I guess that's how far away Japan is. Uh, <laughs> well, how, what are your feelings yeah. on this? Do you hate it? Does it put a bad okay. taste in your mouth? First off, it's pronounced anime. Says <laughs> this is how the guy says it in the video. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm not a fan of anime. Mm-hmm. I I respect it. I respect how much people love it. It's just not for me. And when they take things I like and anime it, it's hard for me. It's, it's <laughs> difficult for me to continue to like it. <laughs> I, I like what you said there. I mean, you can see the passion in the creators in this short little video. They themselves from, uh, you know, across the sea enjoy Star Wars too. It's an old property. Yeah. You know, anyone can pick it up and love it. And it seems like it's like their holy grail property. I mean, you know, pretty cool thing for them too. 
Um, myself, I don't know if I'm not gonna like this because I do like anime, but I sometimes don't like it when they inject our random things, any random things into anime too. Like there's X Men anime, there's Iron Man anime. I think on Netflix. I don't think that was for me either. Is there one called? Is it? It's like either Batman Ninja or Ninja Batman, something like that. Yeah, Batman Ninja. I think I love Batman. I love ninjas, but when you put them together, I don't like it. <laughs> Did you ever watch it? Because I watched it at a convention uh, yeah. live, and I think you just slept in because you didn't want to watch it. And I was like, yeah, there's many things to do at a convention. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> I don't think it was for me either. It seemed like a lot of the anime weirdness they're put thrown into Batman. I like batman too and i like that they had all the, these batman characters i think uh there was joker for sure in it all the robins i think there was a a cat woman but it's uh-huh. kind of just going weird for weirdness sake in that specific property yeah. uh this one considering there's a lot of different uh like creators and directors and animators on it it can have different uh vibes maybe one or better than other different episodes right right yeah so it's made by a couple different studios, so each story is like its own style. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of samurai influenced ones, and there's some that are like more—I I don't know how to say it—it's like kiddish, yeah. but like like they're like animal characters, right? There's one that looks like a rabbit character, even though it's not a rabbit; it's a Star Wars alien. And then there's one that's—I think they're not even like an Asian studio. They're, I think they're like a French studio oh. that's doing a story about like a droid that's heavily inspired by like Astro Boy. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, maybe more like chibi kind of anime, sure. uh, with like very cutesy type of thing for that one. Um, but again, I don't know if it's gonna give the Star Wars vibe. Sure, there are lightsabers and droids, but even like the aliens, it's not what it, when I think of aliens from Star Wars, I think of like aliens are kind of some of them are furry and, and some of them, uh, but none of them are kind of look like the one alien we saw in this uh, teaser trailer thing. Right. Yeah, I think. Star Wars has certain things it kind of needs to feel like Star Wars. And I think anime, I think just cartoons in general sometimes don't lend itself to that. Because for me, when I think Star Wars, I think um, toy spaceships on a green screen to make look like they're really big. Sure. All right. I can see that. <laughs> and then like, and then like puppets. <laughs> <laughs> puppets. So I know it like, yeah, the newer Star Wars don't use that. They use CGI and all stuff. But like, I feel like even in, in uh, Last Jedi, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but like Last Jedi, Yoda shows up, right? Yeah. That still felt like a puppet. You know what I mean? <laughs> was it a puppet at certain points? Maybe it was just a puppet that they CG'd to look like a force ghost. But like that feels like Star Wars to me, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you see Yoda in the prequels, we doesn't feel like Yoda either because he's CG and moving about like he can actually walk. He's not supposed to he's a puppet. He's doing acrobatic Jedi fighting. It doesn't seem like Yoda. Yeah. So, but considering that is Star Wars, it's kind of hard to get hammered down on what Star Wars is anymore. Um, so we're yeah. going to try our hand at anime, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be what Star Wars is. What I do think is because they're telling so many different stories from so many different studios, getting different points of view of Star Wars, that it could spark an idea for Ooh. what future Star Wars movies could tell. Because we're done with the Skywalker trilogy story, their lineage. I'm sure the next Star Wars movies are going to veer away from that. Um, hopefully just even away from Jedi stuff. 
just be in the Star Wars universe. Maybe this will inspire some kind of story that they could expand upon. Sure, a different avenue with that. Um, whether we're away from the Jedi, like we're more in the seedy underground when we get to like Rogue One type of stories. Maybe right. this will, you know, a different perspective is going to ask more questions for the property owners, Disney, and see like, can we do this with the story? Can we do that? And uh, really yep. experiment. I can see that. That's, that's a good plus there. Um, I'm not super hopeful yet. From what I've seen, it does seem more like a kitty properties in this. There was one, the Samurai one did look pretty intense, but again, kind of not so much Star Wars. Uh, but we always talk about like going back in time. That property was, that episode was going back in time. So that's kind of cool. They are playing around with the timeline. Yeah. So we'll see. I think this comes out on Disney Plus in September. Um, I'll, I'll check out some, but again, I'm not a huge anime fan, so I don't know how long I'll be sticking on it, but it's still Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, still Star Wars. I'll get a chance. It's on Disney Plus. We already have a subscription. Why not? Uh, I got a Disney Plus subscription for their Marvel stuff. That's right. And coming out next month in August, I think it's August 11th is the first episode of What If, which is a whole like different alternate versions of these moments and characters in the MCU. Uh, it's an animated series, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Right. Like you said, this is another animated anthology series, and it asks the question, what if? Uh, what if uh, like Tony Stark never got hurt in that uh, Humvee and was saved by Killmonger? Things like that. Weird questions, like one-off stories that are diving away from the MCU timeline that we know and uh, doing like these random ideas like what if T'Challa was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah some really cool ideas here um, I think there's one that's like zombie Marvel zombies inspired yeah, yeah so I, I'm looking looking forward to watching all of these um, and then seeing moments in MCU history in the movies and then like slightly changing how it really changes everything like um, there's one that's like Captain Carter instead of uh, Steve Rogers getting the serum uh, Peggy Carter gets it and she becomes the new like Captain Britain or something like that yeah. so it, it looks really cool she seems to be teaming up with like an Ironmonger type character that seems to be on the good side right. maybe that is Howard Stark back in the day right uh-huh. uh, we saw the character in the uh, Agent Carter series so that just makes sense that'd be, be kind of cool I mean she's a pretty powerful character on her own but to give her the serum that'd be pretty awesome uh, it says it's an anthology series right but there's also a shot where we see a lot of the characters doing the classic like Avengers in a circle scene in the, that pose oh. from the first Avengers movie but it's like Gamora and T'Challa and all these random characters so I wonder if these random stories do culminate in like a big team up episode interesting interesting I mean we do feature Doctor Strange in the story and we know he's yeah. the guy that kind of congregates all the different multiverses eventually that I mean that's what's supposed to happen in Multiverse of Madness and he's in this there's an ancient one so maybe he's gonna tie them together bring them all together and well, final thing um, another thing connecting them is Uatu the Watcher played by Jeffrey mm-hmm. Wright so Again, he's this character from that's supposed to be in the sidelines that watches all these events. And I guess here, uh-huh. he's watching all these different universes. I, I think it's going to be really cool. There's one thing that came out. I, I didn't really see it in the trailer, but they re- showed the poster for it. Yeah. And in the t- I think it's like the top left corner. They show Spider-Man with like the Doctor Strange cape. Yeah, like what's that? Is that possibly going to be connected to No Way Home? Like, is that actually just stripped from this <laughs> in the movie? That would be interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I look forward to it. I don't know um, every episode. Like, there's some shots of like Thor, but I don't know what what's different about him, right? Yeah. So there's still a lot of questions. Um, what is the differences in these stories? Uh, also, like if my if our dad was asking this question, it'd be it wouldn't be what if it would be how if. <laughs> he's a he's a weird uh, grasp on language and doesn't know how to talk sometimes. <laughs> Marvel's how if. <laughs> uh yeah uh, how how if how if this is all gonna go go down <laughs> there's a shot also in the movie poster you mentioned there's like an ultron looking character but there's a guy inside of the costume i think yeah uh, i don't know who that is that it looks might like be a knight almost yeah like killmonger maybe he's got like a a knight's lance and everything in a cape so kind of heroic uh, I think there's going to be a Black Widow story, or she's featured in the Marvel Zombies one. Uh, I mean, this is pretty cool. This is going to like give a chance to have some of the stories in the uh, comic books we could never really get in the MCU because it would break down the whole story structure yeah. built up. So let's just throw it into this little bucket and have fun with it. It's animated, right? What do you think of the art style? Like, it's a different style of animation that um, it's kind of like a newer take on it. Like, I haven't seen a lot of movies or shows in this art style. It's almost like cell shading yeah almost cell shading um it looks almost like airbrushed in a way but i think it's cg in that the way they make it okay i think that's what it is behind the look um but i really like it i think it's a good way to have a cohesive design with these different stories and layouts and you know settings uh but i'm really digging it i think i'll enjoy it are these full episodes like you know half an hour long or are they just like little shorts because i'm gonna be bummed out if they're just shorts uh my guess is that they're at least like 20 you know like 20 like an episode sitcom length whatever okay um because they did get a lot of the real actors back like this is the last time chadwick boseman's portraying t'challa like this is his last time they actually got him to voice it and i think i think chris hemsworth is also really voicing thor in sounds like him i'm not sure but yeah. um we're definitely getting Haley atwell i think as a uh, peggy yeah, right, carter yeah i think michael rooker is back for his yondu i don't know about the others mm-hmm. though yeah so i if they're getting these real actors to do the voices again i i doubt it's like for a six minute short or whatever okay okay that's that's good news that's good news oh, but there was that um loki simpsons thing i think they did get hilston <laughs> but I get, maybe they just had him in the studio already yeah i i thought that was going to be a full-length episode but you told me it's six minutes i'm like oh dang it i thought it was gonna be longer yeah i just watched it real quick um out of these what if stories is there one that stands out to you want to see like more than others um i'm thinking the peggy carter one i think this is a cool idea because she's an awesome character really powerful but then emperor up with all the with the serum i want to see mm-hmm. her uh knocking out all these bad guys in the past these i think she's gonna rumble with some nazis because it's back in the day right yeah that's kind of cool i i want to see the marvel zombie stuff because i feel like that would never happen in the movies yeah sure so yeah it looks really cool that there's like uh the steve rogers captain america and, and iron man tony stark all like zombie fight and like walking towards you so it looks really cool it looks just like the comic book totally and i think you know with that series you kind of really see who's the most powerful of the universe because they're the ones that become like stay human the longest that are not zombies fight yet i think hulk <laughs> yeah uh stays whatever he is for as long as possible <laughs> yeah that comes out in august um we'll probably be recapping that show as well so definitely stay tuned and subscribe to the reader copy please do podcast for that um one other trailer that came out this time for netflix a property that i enjoy not so much the movies but like the comic books and the old shows uh, i'm talking about transformers war for cybertron and apparently this is 
like a trilogy mm-hmm. movie, animated movie thing. And the final one's called Kingdom. So this is pretty cool. It is putting the Transformers we know already, like your Optimus Primes and then also your Megatrons. But I guess they're going into different time, time travel. And they're going to join screens with the Maximals and the Predacons. This essentially is Beast Wars from the point of view of the Transformers, like the, the OG Transformers. Because when I watched this back in the 90s, I saw the events of this this but through the the maximals and the decepticons <laughs> or the predacons so uh we get to see those characters ah man that show is so good it's when it reaches a point a couple seasons into it where they they don't really interact with the autobots yeah because the autobots go into like a hibernation so they uh. find them there like in a hibernation hibernated state and to protect them uh Optimus Primal actually like merges with Optimus Prime. All right. <laughs> so he becomes like this giant gorilla Optimus Primal. Optimus Optimal Optimal Primal. <laughs> They're just like a few, I think that happens a lot in Transformers where they fuse right and get like double the size. So yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. I didn't not know. I didn't remember that the Autobots and the Decepticons did go back in time. I thought it was just straight these Primals and uh, Predacons. No, no, yeah, the the timeline's a little bit confusing. Yeah, I bet. But I just I remember that like the arc and that big golden CD disc that oh has like all their history on it, so they have to protect that. Um, and the all spark that Megatron is at. It's kind of weird that both OG Decepticon villain is Megatron and the Beast Wars Predacon main villain is also called Megatron. Exactly. So I'm sure he's, he's named after him, but it gets confusing. Unlike Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal, it's easy to tell who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you call out Megatron in the in the room they both look <laughs> they both feel like idiots. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm wondering with this uh, uh, little special, is it maybe what they're going to use to inspire the next movie? Is it just kind of what the movie's going to be and then just going to be live action as much as CG as it is? Well, it's, I think it's going to be similar and heavily inspired, but uh, with people. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Sucks. Because it's going to take place in the 90s um, and they're going to force all the movie baggage into it. Bring but- back Shyla. <laughs> That's, that's what it's missing. With all time. those tattoos. Dude, with all those tattoos. Tattoo. Yeah. You gain some muscle, uh, some facial hair. <laughs> have you watched any of the War for Cybertron Netflix movies I, or specials? I think I started the first one and I kind of gave up on it. But this one has got me intrigued because I'm curious about these uh, the old Maximals and Predacons because I remember the Beast Wars being so good. But I was a tiny kid when I first watched it. I probably didn't know what the whole drama was going on. I just like, oh, well, yeah. CG on TV. What's this? <laughs> the um, I think the other previous stories of the War for Cybertron uh, are similar to the comic book that we did, War Within. Really? Oh, yeah. So it's to me, it's like very cool that's like weaving in now Beast Wars, which is like come full circle to like my childhood. So it's like now I have to go back and watch all of them. <laughs> Was that was G one Transformers before your time? Or was that your time? It was probably my time, but I was busy watching other things like Thundercats, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. Those are definitely more up my alley than Transformers or GI Joe. Also, I like He Man a lot. He Man, oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, I don't think we ever talked I, about that, but there's a new He Man series coming out soon on Netflix. Are you hyped about that one? No, really. <laughs> 
think uh, I don't know. Like looking back now, I love I loved He Man when I was a kid, but looking back now, I was like, that show's kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, unlike unlike Thundercats, which is very serious. Very serious. Yes, cat people. <laughs> thunder, thunder. <laughs> I think the He-Man thing is going to be pretty good. I think it might be better than this Transformers thing because I think uh, really? I think Kevin Smith is writing it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be pretty good. I heard some good things about the uh, people's impressions on it. The trailer looked pretty good. Yeah, I did see that. It is coming to Netflix. Netflix, they're just trying to tap into you know nostalgia of the Generation X and Y, I think. Yeah, they've been doing that. Uh, we could blame them. It's a money money maker. Yeah, they're, we're the ones paying for Netflix, so. Exactly. Uh, I don't know when this Cybertron Kingdom uh, special is coming out. I think it's... July 29. July 20. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so pretty soon I'm going to try to watch the other first two oh, yeah. before this. I think it's called like Siege and Rise or something like that. I forget what they're called. But essentially it's it's War Within and then leading into Beast Wars now. So Dope. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to like it. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to learn about these characters, all these... Uh, why would you transform into an animal? I don't get it, but whatever. What? There's nothing around. Is that the idea? Yeah, there's no cars yet. Why don't... Does any transformer turn into, like, a plant? <laughs> why would you turn into a plant? Plants I don't, don't know. walk? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Beast Wars is one of the best. It's probably the best Transformers thing. I can believe that. I, I watched some of the uh, reboots later on, Transformers. They were not great they're not perfect no there's a sequel to beast wars which is beast machines which is essentially the same characters but they got back to cybertron and the art style change and i think some of the voice acting change and the story was not as good so i didn't follow it anymore but beast wars you can't beat it don't yeah i mean classic hard to watch now hard to watch now yeah it's a good listen to show <laughs> keep it in the background <laughs> All right, that is it for the news this week. All kind of like just trailers and stuff for things coming out. A lot of uh, Disney Plus and Netflix stuff to animated. look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, all animated. Yeah, all animated. Um, uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to what if, how if. <laughs> Transformers, what if? What if it was good? What if it was good? <laughs> all right, uh, that is it for the news. Uh, you want to get into the comic book that you picked this week? Yeah, let's get into Resident Alien. So there's this new TV show on sci-fi called Resident Alien that's been making some waves recently. Some people have been saying, oh, pretty good series starring uh, Alan Tudyk right now. Not too many uh, sci-fi series that I love, but I guess that one's getting some attention. So I thought, oh, turns out that's a comic book. Let's go ahead and do it for the show. I didn't know it was a comic book. Me neither. Like, I think uh, I think maybe these TV studios are just trying to look for comic books that they can somehow warp into a TV show nowadays because that's what's going to sell. They just yeah. don't know that some comics are not as popular as others. <laughs> I've seen, like, clips of the show, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, a silly sci-fi series. But uh, I didn't know it was a comic book. And now reading the comic book, I think I might check out the show. Yeah, I might check it out. Uh, I gave the first episode a watch. It was not bad. Alan Tudyk is doing his weird guy thing, which works out and he's an alien mm -hmm. um yeah. <laughs> but this comic comes out at dark horse comics and we're doing the first trade welcome to earth that covers issues zero to three so the first four issues and their total of 26 issues came out in 2012 um so our creative team here your writer is peter hogan and our artist is steve parkhouse 
And uh, apparently those two have worked together before this. They worked on the Sandman comic, uh, The Ooh. Dreaming, which is a like a spin-off series out of Vertigo. Nice. Um, and they thought they wanted to work together again, so they made this comic. Uh, Peter Hogan has an interesting uh, backstory. He first was, do you know Pete Townsend from The Who? Yes. Apparently, uh, Peter Hogan worked at one of his bookstores. Managed he managed a Magic Bus Bookshop, and later on, he became like an editor for his for Pete Townsend's publishing company, book publishing company. So that was interesting. So I, I guess he's kind of in the music industry somewhat because oh, okay. he also became like a record company press officer for Rough Trade Records, and that was during the time of the Smiths was with the with the record company, and then for. Uh. IRS records he worked with don't get me started on the Smiths <laughs> really what do you hate about the Smiths I don't even never get over to it <laughs> get over it okay okay <laughs> we get it I've never even entertained them I never listened to the music but <laughs> we get it your heart's broken so is everyone else's <laughs> Uh, are you a fan of REM? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like their hits. I don't say I listen to every song they've released, but oh, uh, apparently he was I mean, also a, a press officer for them too, so he worked with them. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's me in the corner. Okay, <laughs> in the spotlight. spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then worked on some biographies for some bands like the Bengals and the Doors. So like, he's kind of in the music industry before he became a comic book writer. Interesting. Uh, yeah, where he worked on both of them, kind of work more on like English comics, like 2000 AD, um, and I think they both worked with Alan Moore. Like they, uh, Steve Parkhouse also worked on the Bo Jeffrey saga. I don't know if you know that series. It's kind of I don't. It's I. I never understood the title. I have know somewhat about it. It's Alan Moore comic that has like werewolves and vampires, but they only haunt English families or something like that. Um, okay. Interesting thing. Sounds uh, like an Alan Moore thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think they've also both worked with Alan Moore on his company, America's Best Comics, which I honestly just recently learned about. We might do one of their comics in the near future. America's Best Comics, but they're British yeah. creators? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's kind of a joke in like the retro thing, like all the retro comics are American. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, this this TV show has been making some waves on sci-fi. I thought we should do the comic. Uh, so a little bit about the inspiration. Think Twin Peaks meets My Favorite Martian. Those are the like two inspirations for this comic book series, actually. It's kind of an interesting story. The whole idea came out when Peter Hogan learned about his friend's green card, which on it, it actually said resident alien on it. And he's like, oh, that's a weird phrase. I'm going to make a comic on that. Oh, that's what it means? Okay. Yeah. I, I took it a different way. What does that mean? <laughs> well, we'll get into the story, but he is pretends to be a doctor, so I thought resident means like a doctor. I think so, too. I think it's a double entendre. Uh, <laughs> okay. I like that. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the, the story. We first are in um, this uh, cabin in the woods, but we're following this uh, police chief and deputy as they're looking for someone living in this cabin, and it's kind of this ice cabin in the woods um, they're both talking to each other about this one guy a doctor 
uh, on this little property here and how he he likes his privacy. There's signs on the on the wall saying private property, keep out. He's this doctor that's kind of just out of work now, but he, he just really just does not like people. They approach the cabin and they knock on the door uh, trying to find this doctor. No one answers the door, but they notice that there is someone on a little boat fishing in the middle of the lake. So they yell out to this guy asking for him to come to shore saying, we're the police, right? They're saying they're, they're not, he's not in any trouble. They just need his help because he's a doctor, right? They're looking for a Dr. Harry Vanderspiegel um, and this guy on the ship on this little boat here paddles ashore saying, oh, I got my fishing permit. You know, what's the issue here, police? And as he's going there, he's like saying to himself, like, they won't notice me. They, I'll, I won't look like how I am when I get there, right? And it's because when he gets there, it's revealed to the reader that he's not human. He's got purple skin. He's got pointy ears. He's got pitch black eyes. He's an alien in this uh, little fisherman <laughs> uniform. Um, but there's no indication that the cops are onto him. So I'm, I'm guessing there's some type of, you know, weird vision in their heads. He's, you know, uh, projecting an image of a regular human into their minds. Um, and this alien, he's trying to be like a regular human, just, uh, giving up his license, showing off that he is the doctor. Um, and the cops just want his help. Apparently they need a medical doctor to take a look at a dead body. There's been a murder out in town. There's been a murder. And they need a doctor to take a look at the body because apparently the one murdered was the town doctor. Oh, the only one that could save him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> perfect crime. So they go, um, and he's even saying, like, you know, I'm retired. I want to know how much I can help. Um, but the cops are just like, you know, any help is is good. We really have no clue what happened here. So please at least at least look at the body. Yeah, we, we need any medical help we can get. The coroner is coming, but it looks like this Dr. Harry Vanderspiegel alien person is uh, cornered. And he's like, ah. I can't say no. So he agrees to it and gets in the back of the cop car to drive out into town. We get a little flashback of three years ago. This uh, purple-skinned alien was actually an astronaut that got crashed into Earth as he kind of steps out into the desert nearby his current location. So, you know, get an idea. He's like an alien that crash-landed onto Earth. As he's in the back of the police car, like he's even like talking to himself. There's a lot of internal monologue in the book. Of him just like, okay, calm down, be cool. They don't suspect that you're an alien. Just act like a human, right? Uh, and it's, it's funny because it's like all through the book like that. And he's even like in the back seat with his Fisher hat, like kind of like covering his eyes a little bit, even though to the reader, it's clear this guy's a freaking alien. Yeah, I mean, you could just see it on his face. He's purple. Uh, but. <laughs> He's trying to keep calm as they enter into town. It's small town USA, right? It's it's called Patience. And it's this little small town, rinky-dink, in the middle of some mountains, some greenery. So they drive out to the clinic, the doctor's clinic. Um, it's this little small place. And they meet up with one of the nurses there. Uh, Asta is this character's name. And she's a, a nurse that's crying out because um, the doctor that did die was a father figure to her, right? She is a uh, narrative American woman and um, she's kind of crying out, kind of really feeling down because she's the one that found the body. Think of, um, remember the movie Mean Girls? Okay, yeah. Do you remember her friend that is not the Mean Girls? Friend that is, oh, yeah. Uh, the emo girl. What's her name? Lizzie Kaplan? Yeah, yeah. Her character. 
there's a similarity in the looks of her and Asta, the nurse, like like heavy eyeliner and dark black hair. <laughs> totally, kind of a goth type thing, type of look, right? Yeah. But uh, she's a, a practicing nurse, right? She's on the porch smoking. She's visibly disturbed because she's the one that found the dead doctor. Uh, she didn't disturb the crime scene except for leaving a white uh, cloth on top of the body because she didn't want the flies to get to it. But you can imagine... This uh, murder site was pretty bloody. It happened on the front porch of the clinic uh, in the middle of the night. Um, as the alien doctor uh, is looking at the body, he can already tell a few things that the police have missed. There was a serrated blade that cut through the front of the body from up on high, taller than the doctor. Apparently, was this this murderer, and kind of just like right off the bat, once he look, took a look at the body, he can like run off all his details about the, the case. Right. He says the the murderer attacked from behind because the blood splattered forward and there's no like interruption in the blood trail like so if he was in front of him he would have got hit with the blood but there's no like empty area so the attacker stabbed him from behind and uh, remember this is an alien right pretending to be a human and in his head is like oh this is awesome this dead yeah. body in front of me <laughs> and he's just trying to keep a you know a sour tone in his look because he's trying to be like professional as a doctor yeah but remember he's isolated for the past three years so this is like as close he's gotten to humans and he's just like really like inspecting this dead human body as like a scientist he's just like whoa this is cool <laughs> <laughs> i can see their insides um Someone joining in uh, at the scene is the mayor of the town, Cuthbert C. Hawthorne. And he's a real slick guy, right? He's kind of the smiling and shake your hand type of guy. Because he's the mayor. He's got to win over the, yep. the town. He's a politician. He like, kisses babies. Seems like he's always like trying to just like befriend everybody. He's trying to do that to the doctor now because he needs something from Dr. Harry, the alien. He needs him to be the town doctor for at least one week until the new one comes into town. Of course, Harry doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to expose himself any more than he has. So he's like, I can't do it. I'm retired and uh, I don't want to do it. But the mayor really like just like kind of like schmoozes him to do it. So Dr. Harry's like, fine, I'll do it for one week. And uh, the mayor got his wish. So the alien has to be in the middle of town to deal with people for a whole week. Um, can he keep up the ruse? A couple hours later at the uh, police station, the mayor pays a visit to the chief and asks if there's any uh, leads on the two murders that have gone down. Because the mayor mentions uh, a death a couple weeks ago from a farmer that died off. But the chief is like, that was an accident. That was just a farmer. That was a drunk farmer. He fell on his scythe and died. It's not connected. We don't want right. to give a dark light on the town since tourist season is coming up. Right. We, there's one murder. It's not a serial murder. The first one was an accident. Um, but he does have a lead on this new murder because he says about a m half a mile away from the clinic, they found the knife, the serrated knife that the murderer used. And it's like exactly what Dr. Harry, the alien, was describing. Like it's a serrated knife. Also to mention, that knife is actually uh, a tool of the old doctor. It was his property that the supposed murder found in the clinic and pronounced the doctor with. Now, the only thing that was taken from the clinic were pills, so like drugs. So their first lead is like probably someone that was just trying to steal, you know, narcotics and drugs and stuff. And the doctor uh, startled them and they like killed him on accident or something. But really, they're just looking for someone that is after drugs. Totally right. So a couple of days go by and it looks like Dr. 
Dr. Harry's kind of thriving in the middle of town. He's just, again, this purple alien that's attending to these <laughs> regular old people of the town. You know, there's accidents some baby births coming out. So he has to be a doctor there. And he kind of likes it. He's like in the middle of people. He's getting understanding human beings. He, uh, he also has like this, he's got them pegged. He understands their little micro behaviors and he understands like what humans are. It's like he's got a sixth sense for this type of thing. And no one notices that he's an alien. Everyone sees him as just like another human being. But he explains to the reader that most people will see him this way, but there's a very rare few, which is like one in a million chance that someone sees him as not human. Right, as an but, alien. Yeah, so he's a little cautious of that, but he's less worried about it. It's so rare. So he's kind of just like walking around, being around people. He's, he's used to it now. Like he's interacting with humans all day. So he's on his way back to the clinic because apparently he's staying there um, while his time is in town. Once he gets to the front porch of the clinic, out from front comes Asta and she's got a shotgun straight at the Dr. Harry's face. And Harry's like, whoa, like I know you had time off, but... It's me. I'm just like the interim doctor. Don't don't kill me. Yeah. Don't shoot. <laughs> don't shoot. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't recognize you. I'm so tired and I'm not sleeping. Like my eyes are just like really blurry right now. Like I can barely see. And it's because I haven't been getting much sleep. Yes. So apparently Asta is the the night nurse for tonight. They, you know, they have rotating shifts. So she's in for the night. Um, and the doctor, Dr. Harry, is like, okay, that's fine. I understand it's, you've had a difficult time. Let me make you some tea and let's talk this over. And Asta's like, you know, these these nights, these night shifts, they're usually quiet. Nothing going on. Maybe it's an intense night sometimes when there's some accidents, a string of accidents in town. But... The most nights, it's just me sleeping. And Dr. Harry's like, you know what? Why don't you take a little nap on the couch here so you can get some rest for your eyes? We follow the chief now, and he's trying to find a lead. He goes to like this bar, and he sees this guy. This guy looks like straight out of uh, maybe like Over the Top or some kind of 80s <laughs> action thug movie, right? Sure. Like a motorcycle he's, guy. Yeah, he's playing pool, right? This guy does not look like... <laughs> Uh, like high moral guy, right? No. So the chief knows this guy has some like underground connections. So he approaches him like, hey, do you know anything about the murder at the clinic and anyone, you know, coming up on some pills? Like, I, we need to find this person, right? Now, this guy's uh, all into the, the dark underpinnings of this little town. And he can get a word if anybody's got a word on who killed the doctor. Um, this guy's name, it's hilarious. His name is Download. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was reading, I was like, Download, okay. What kind of a name is that? Uh, but I guess it strikes fear into all your enemies. <laughs> he says, though, like, you know, if I knew anything, I would tell you because the doctor was a good guy. Like, I respected that doctor. So if there's any information I could tell you, I would. But, you know, there's nothing I know right now. And so we go to the good doctor's funeral a couple days later and the whole town seems to be there they're paying respect to this moral guy that uh, helped out the town um it's a nice funeral there the new doctor uh the alien doctor even makes an appearance from a distance and this gets the attention of the mayor mayor uh cuthbert and he pays a visit to the doctor and he's got some bad news for uh for harry he says apparently the new doctor the one supposed to replace you cannot show up and i need you for another week and uh, i think internally dr harry the alien is like i'm fine with that i'm enjoying what i'm doing now helping people getting to know people but on the outside you know he's still like 
I guess I'll help you one more week. But that's it. Uh, this is a burden for me. Yeah, yeah. He's officially, you know, seems like he's going to be the resident doctor, right? And I think you're right. It is resident doctor, alien type thing. I like the title. Mm-hmm. Double meanings. Now, do you remember that uh, Rough and Tumble Guy download? He pays a visit to one of the druggies in town, Rufus Roberts. And he thinks this is the guy that killed the, do- the old doctor. This guy uh, looks similar to download but like if download was an addict <laughs> yeah absolutely red nose druggy crummy looking guy long shaggy hair that looks like he doesn't shower under a beanie yeah immediately download goes into like fighting mode like tossing him around like did you kill the man and take all his drugs i can see all these drugs on your little dresser here you must have stolen them from the doctor and then killed him yeah so download though he's like kind of like in a gray area he respected the doctor so much that he's trying to find the the murderer too and he beats up this guy even though it's kind of like he doesn't have any proof that he did it right and he brings him in turns him into the police station wouldn't you know and um, we need the resident doctor to tend to Rufus and uh, Harry Vanderspiegel appears at the police station healing up uh, Rufus here. But Rufus is saying, I did steal all those pills, but I found the doctor dead like that. I wasn't the one that killed him. Yes. Yeah, so he did steal the pills, but even the resident alien totally believes him. Like, that guy is no more of a killer than I am. Like, he is just after the pills, but that is not our murderer. He tells the chief this and the chief's like, sure, everyone's innocent if they say so. So, uh, no, uh, no real lead. They feel like they've got it all pinned down, but we're not really sure. So it feels like the whole town has figured it out, but Dr. Harry Vanderspiegel, the alien, still is like, well, I feel like I'm the only one that's sure it's not Rufus. So he goes into kind of his own investigation mode, and he goes to the office of the old doctor and appears the mayor is in town, and he's in charge of, like, cleaning out the office and deciding what goes to trash and goodwill because the old doctor had no family. So Dr. Harry takes a look at all the junk and he's like, oh, all right, thanks for doing this, Mayor, but can I take this yearbook to get a, an idea of this old doctor? And he takes it and um, he just, you know, another thing to remember him by, get an understanding of everything. This all gets interrupted by the night nurse and she mentions there's the chief on the phone. Apparently, there's been another murder. There's been another murder. And now resident doctor alien has to go uh, help the police kind of like check out this murder now. And it's this old dude that has been stabbed while he was in bed by like a a knitting needle. Like those long needles, right? Those things are pretty thick too. So like if you stab someone with that, you're going to kill them. (laughs) Even if you're an old man, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So apparently this old man, he was a a banker um, and he's kind of a grump. He's kind of just been retired for 20 years now. The knitting needle belonged to the nurse, the live-in nurse that took care of him. But there's no indication that to think it was a nurse. She was the one that called it in. Yeah. So now there's two murders, possibly three if you count the first one. They're worried they have a serial killer in their hands. The town does not look so great now. Something's going on. A little while later, Dr. Harry is uh, tending to a patient, just a regular checkup for uh, a neighborhood guy. His name is Mr. Maxwell. And he mentions, um, yeah, the old doctor, he was a really good guy, appreciated him. But um, he goes in for yearly checkups and he's, you know, regular with all this. And then he notices the the old yearbook that belonged to the old doctor, and he takes a peek because he was a uh, at the same uh, same time in high school with him. Now this Maxwell character mentions um, the old bride of the uh, the old doctor actually dated a local uh, quarter, high school quarterback that turned into like this uh, army hero later 
later on, uh, Lance Whitehead. Yes, he was the high school boyfriend of the woman that would grow up to be doc- the Dr. Hodge's wife, the doctor that got killed, right? But she's also passed yes. uh, before the story started. So resident alien doctor is looking at it. He's like, hey, that's not Dr. Hodges. He's like, oh, no, that's Lance Whitehead. Uh, he used to be like the pretty much the town superstar. He was a football star and then was drafted to the military and became like this war hero in Vietnam. And uh, he was like this big hero. But when he came back, he kind of like lost everything. Um, his girlfriend, his high school sweetheart, uh, married the soon-to-be Dr. Hodges guy. Mm-hmm. And his parents, while he was overseas, his parents actually lost their home, their farm. Uh, the bank like took it away, foreclosed because they couldn't afford to pay for it anymore. So though he's like this famous guy in town, hero, he comes back and almost kind of just like disappears. He doesn't have anything. Yes. Uh, a little while later, this Lance Whitehead guy, he left town. Um, kind of never to be seen again. Meanwhile, Asta goes to the optometrist, I believe. Is that the eye doctor? Yes. Yeah, she goes to the eye doctor to get her eyes checked out with all the blurry vision. But the doctor, this other doctor is like, well, it looks like you don't have any issues. You can do the eye test fine. You can name all the letters. Um, you have twenty twenty vision. Nothing's wrong. You're just kind of tired. Just take a take a nap. She's like, it's so weird. Like my eyes sometimes are blurry, but the specialist is telling me like I'm fine. So it's not my eyes. It's got to be something weird going on. So uh, she can't think of anything to do except visit her dad and ask what's going on. Uh, her dad is like a mechanic tending to a car, and then he uh, pulls out of the bottom of the car and mentions like. Oh, it's my uh, goth princess daughter paying a visit, right? <laughs> yeah. And she's visiting him because he is actually like a shaman for the tribe, right? Remember, she's their Native American. Yes. And she's like, uh, I feel like there's something strange going on with my eyes. Like, it's it's hard to see sometimes, but uh, when I go to the doctor, they say everything's fine. She says specifically, there's a new guy in town, the new doctor. She can't see his face sometimes. It's kind of blurry every now and then. And then uh, her dad mentions, well, maybe this visitor is not of our world. You know, there's uh, old spirits in the past. Maybe they're a visitor and there's some type of bond between you two since it's you specifically. Right. He's a doctor. You're a nurse. Maybe you're meant to like help him. Maybe there's a reason why like he looks different to you than everyone else. Exactly. Dr. Harry Vanderspiegel is still on his investigation mode. So he visits the local library to get uh, some newspaper filings on Lance Whitehead. Remember that old uh, army veteran hometown hero. And it's so old that all the newspapers are on microfiche. Do you know what microfiche is? I do now after reading this comic book. Really? You never used that before? <laughs> I've never used it. I've only ever seen it in uh, in TV shows and movies. When you have to look up newspapers or documents from like older than like the 70s or something like that, right? Okay. Instead of like saving it digitally, they didn't have like digital, they didn't have like external hard drives or whatever back then. Computers. They would just uh, scan it and then print it out on like film that is like really small like i'm talking like a tenth of the size it would normally be printed right how the it's heck do they like, do that like a it's like they take a photo okay so really like you're looking at uh almost like film negatives right but it's not negatives I see. It's just tiny. Okay. It's so small. And then the microfiche machine is like a microscope that you put that film under and then it just blows it up so you could read it normally. So, so it's all for yeah. a storage size. They just want to shrink it down is the idea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You want to, this is how they would zip files in the 70s <laughs> and 60s. Compress. 
Okay, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew it was a thing. I did not really get the technology, but cool. He learns something new every day. Uh, he's learning about Lance Whitehead again. Apparently, um, the one that the farmer that died owned the farm that Lance Whitehead used to own on his family, right? Um, also, right. the banker that died was the one that uh, gave out ins- the foreclosure on the farm. Right. And Dr. Hodges was the one that ended up marrying his high school sweetheart. And the resident aliens like this motive makes sense if they're all murdered like years ago. Yeah. But it's like 40 years later. It doesn't make sense for him to murder these people. They all moved on. Even Lance Whitehead had like moved away and married someone else. So it's like it doesn't he doesn't have motive to do it now. And And then Harry learns from the nurse, apparently Lance's wife then uh, died off recently and he just went back to town now and he's living not too far away. Lance is back. So Resident Alien's like, okay, maybe it is him. I better go check him out. See if there's anything fishy I can find out about him. It's the night already. He should be talking to the cops and like, you know, leading them on. But apparently... Uh, he's got he's got some guts. He pays a visit to Lance Whitehead by himself, and he's he's kind of a drunk. Lance, he's a mess. He's in a robe and everything. Got a drink in hand. The place is a mess. Garbage everywhere. But Lance is kind of welcoming. Like, hey, come on in. Come on in. Let's let's talk. You're right. He's not a jerk or anything. He's I'll, just, tell, I'll tell you anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, I did respect the old doctor. He did marry my high school sweetheart and everything. But he wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about how like his wife passed away, but you know he's he's kind of like just living on his own. It doesn't even look like he has motivation to do anything, let alone kill people. Right. Yeah. He's he's just drinking kind of his. He can't even out. clean his house. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> but he's not like, doesn't seem like the vengeful type. Not at all. Not really. The doctor even mentions, uh, I couldn't pick up on any micro behaviors to indicate he's angry. I couldn't, you know. I think the alien kind of has some type of mind reading ability, like somewhat slight, like emotional empathetic powers. And he can't pick up any murderous intent in him. All right. So on the way out, Harry drives off in his little pickup back to the clinic. But we see a motorcyclist in the background following him, um, some dark figure in the back. He gets back to the clinic. Um, Asta's there. She's like working now and remember she's like the night nurse so she's the one like in charge right now and I think she's realizing now that she's kind of like meant to help the alien and the alien is not exactly who he's supposed to be says he is but she's kind of like accepting of it and wants to help him totally um, but in the middle of the conversation, there's a ruckus outside. Outside, there is Mixter Maxwell from earlier, the one that they did a checkup on. And he's out in the, the front yard, fully naked, and he pounces onto the doctor, and he's got him by the throat. Yeah, he's got him, like, rear naked chokehold. Literally naked, because he there took you go. off all his clothes. So he's got him in a chokehold from behind, and... He's like ready to kill the alien. Asta pulls out a gun. She's trying to load it up with some bullets. It's a revolver. She is dropping all of these bullets. She fires the gun and accidentally shoots the doctor in the leg, missing uh, Mr. Maxwell in the back. She fires again and nicks Maxwell in the shoulder. So he's bleeding out and lets go of the doctor. She's got He's got Astra now like in a chokehold and it looks like he's about to kill her. But I don't know where luckily the police show up and they fire on Maxwell. Maxwell and they save the day and they arrest Maxwell and they care to the doctor um, and it's just weird because Maxwell is just still like completely naked <laughs> totally naked 
Um, so they've caught the murderer red-handed trying to kill off the doctor and Asta. The cops round him up. He's fully naked again, and he's explaining why he did all this. He felt sorry for Lance Whitehead. He was a hometown hero. He was a veteran. He lost his sweetheart, his his farm. He's got nothing else. Even his recent wife died. He's saying, like, all these people in the past, like, they robbed him, and they he didn't deserve that. He's a hero. It's almost like this guy is, like, in love with Lance Whitehead. Kind like, he's of. obsessed with him. Yeah. So uh, Lance Whitehead probably doesn't even know this guy. <laughs> I think so. Um, and he, they ask him, why are you naked then? And he says, it's so that the enemies don't see me. Because, you know, he's got some war, mental, PTSD yeah. type thing going on in his head. I think he's not all there either. Like, no. Everything else, like he had a good motivation. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this for Lance, right? Because all these people like ruined his life. And it's like, why are you naked? It's like, uh, I don't know, because I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> So Asta has to tend to the doctor now. Again, he's bleeding out by the leg, but uh, she heals him up. Um, Harry's like, it's okay. I can figure this out on myself. I can pull the bullet out. Don't worry about it. But Asta's like, don't don't be ridiculous. I'll help you out. Um, you don't have to worry if you reveal anything. I understand you're of another world, and I'm here to help. Um, and as Harry kind of dozes off from uh, some injection, he's like, what did you say? And he's realizing that she knows he's a stranger, a visitor. And so the doctor kind of is uh, healed up by the other town nurses and he kind of drifts off into a morphine dream. And it's kind of the sweet little ending to the story as he, it's like this, he's floating on this lake that he doesn't know if it's of Earth or of his home planet. And he yeah. kind of drifts off to sleep. That's how the book ends. I really like the the whole idea of him being like trapped on Earth. Like he didn't want to come here. He's not here to investigate Earth. He crash landed here. But then he has to like learn to live amongst humans and then help them. And he's learning like that humans are like, you know have have good intentions and he's he's wanting to help them and and even Asta's like wanting to help him and it's it's also weird because also intertwined throughout the book is like flashbacks of his home and like he doesn't even know if he's ever going to get back home he's kind of scared throughout the book that he's stuck here and we also get splices of the fbi trying to hunt him down men in black looking for him and his uh spacecraft so we don't he doesn't even know that people are onto him in the background uh, mm -hmm. but he's going to love people in a way you know he's like oh wow humans are people too <laughs> and uh <laughs> but you know it's kind of a sweet story in a way there's still like 22 more issues i want to learn about um, but Resident Alien, I think, is a good title for the book and how he comes, becomes yeah. like the doctor for the town. A little sweet story. Uh, I think Alan Tudyk probably did a good job for this role. I, I kind of want to watch the show now. I, I really enjoy the book. I love these like kind of mystery, solve it, whodunit books. And then on the, with all, the whole twist of he's an alien. <laughs> yeah. And um, hiding the secret, but also kind of just like loving being a helpful person to the community. But he's still trying to like hide. And this one person is like knows that he's kind of like not human different yeah so like there's only like one person that knows his secret but yeah i i enjoyed it a whole lot and i am interested in what what happens next now that it's revealed like the fbi knows that there's kind of like mm -hmm. an imposter going around there's uh life on other planets there's also like this element of like he's biting off more than he can chew he's, he's like he's like a cop doctor right he's like yeah, it's like cop doctors <laughs> it's like house you know 
like he's doing extra investigative stuff, breaking into houses and whatever. Uh, but that's fun. Yeah, uh, that's a good story. That was Resident Alien. Anything else you want to say? No, it does make me want to check out the show. I feel like the book is written almost like a TV show. Yeah, agreed. Where it has like kind of like these like episodic, suspenseful elements to it. And uh, I, I want to check it out now. Me too. With that, let's go ahead and jump into side stories. I took a gander at a property that's been out for a little while now. I finally watched Witcher on Netflix, finished oh. season one. Have you seen it yet? I have seen the first episode once. Yeah. And then half of the first episode again, because I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like, I remember watching the first episode and it kind of just threw you into it. Like, am I supposed to know all this? Yeah. Uh, I'd say it starts cool. The first scene's cool. Yeah. But then they, then he goes somewhere, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Totally. I, I get those sentiments. So the the idea for Witcher is his main character, Geralt uh, Riviere, played by uh, Superman. What's his name? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Um, pretty, he did well in the role. He is like this mutated guy in medieval fantasy times that can that's fighting monsters like he's a monster hunter basically right and he's like a loner and then he gets quests like he gets paid for to kill monsters of different towns and you know he's seen as an abomination because he's like mutated that way right uh so that's it's a good series i think it's it's hard to not compare it to like uh game of thrones right because it's okay it's medieval type thing but it's not trying to be that necessarily it's it's kind of just this one guy doing his whole thing as he's fighting off these weird, scary monsters of medieval times or fantasy times, whatever you want to say. Um, some other characters that are mixed in it are like this bard that kind of sings these songs about him. And then this one character called Yennefer, which is like this uh, one girl that's like hunchbacked and kind of deformed, born that way until she kind of gets powers as a witch in a way, right? And she becomes badass in her own right. But All uh, right. like you said, it's really confusing in the beginning. And I think because it's it's made for like Witcher fans already. Of the book. Yeah, of the books, because there's like a lot of books already. Out of the video yeah. games, there's three video games out. Apparently Witcher 3 is supposed to be great. Um, so it's like, I feel like it's made for fans, long fans already of the series and it's not really holding your hand, getting you into it. And I, how, how long, how many episodes deep until you felt like you got a grasp of what's going on and you wanted to keep watching? I think episode three, cause I, I didn't, I watched episode one uh, like months ago, right? Maybe when it first came out yeah. and I just went into this episode two recently. It's like, okay, I'll just I'll watch it from here. F- forget what episode one was and just continue because i need to push through <laughs> yeah. this i think i did the same thing tried to rewatch it but uh it got to me in second in episode three i think yeah, I, I felt the the weight of the characters and throughout the series it's still not really holding your hand because it takes a couple episodes to figure out that they're like it's a long time this series it's just eight episodes but i think there's like years in between episodes it, I, I heard that it's something about like time jumps which just made it more confusing to me. So, yeah, it was hard for me to really follow. Yeah, there was time jumps and then there's no like, oh, this took place in the past a couple months ago. We just, you're supposed to pick up that this is a flashback. Like this whole maybe oh. episode is a flashback. You kind of pick up on that. Uh, from, that sounds confusing. From knowing what the characters are like. You, if you know the characters, you'll figure it out. But it doesn't hold your hand, right? And I think maybe because of that, it, it felt kind of fulfilling because you get the whole story. And I do, I do get it by the end. 
Um, but it just didn't tell me that it's gonna take like it's like decades. Like this eight episodes are like a couple of decades, I think. And it doesn't because wow. the characters don't really look older. I think the idea is they're kind of immortal in a way, so they don't age very long. I think I'm. I think I'm right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I never read any of the books because I, I don't read books, and I never uh, play the games yet because they seem so daunting. They're supposed to be gigantic, right? So you are excited for the next season, and you you think you're gonna continue on? Yeah, I think I'm gonna continue on because I am bought into the Geralt character. I think Henry Cavill did a good job being this badass guy with the streak white hair, right? Um, uh-huh. And he, I think he's doing his own stunts throughout the whole thing. Like I heard about his oh, really? training, and it's really hard, like throwing around this gigantic sword around. Um, but I think I'm bought into the character. Yennefer is really cool too, and um, how they intermingle the characters and the different kind of. It feels like they're each episode is like a quest in a video game, right? That's the idea. Oh, okay. So it really feels that way that there's this gigantic monster at the end of the episode used to to fight, to fight or defeat. You know, um, I would recommend it. It's just it gets confusing, and you kind of have to expect that getting into it. Game of Thrones, the first season. Yeah. It also felt like you needed to just kind of like power through a little bit. To- got a grasp of, of characters because there's so many characters um do you feel like witcher has the potential to be like a game of thrones like as far as like how great it got i don't think so just because it's doing this time jump thing like every episode where it won't get the audience that game of thrones uh-huh. got even though game of thrones is jumping between characters this does feel like we're centered around him somewhat um, you know, it's not like this one story going through like a Lord of the Rings where we have to get to the mountain and toss the ring in. It's like he's jumping around doing these little tasks here and there. There's not a gigantic. So there is no overall story arc? There is one like through a line that we kind of get to the crux of at the end of the story. Uh, but it's not like it doesn't feel monumental like like a, a ring or like a big gigantic war between different thrones like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard a rumor, but I'm not sure because I don't really follow which but i think season two might ditch that time jump stuff oh that storytelling method you mean yeah it might just go linear so uh maybe that'll be easier for me to understand okay okay i I can dig that uh i think the cg it's pretty good but not perfect like the even like some of the live action special effects are pretty good some of the monsters look really scary but not to the hbo money type of deal you know Mm, not yet not yet not yet maybe season two will look better um, but it's nice to see Henry Cavill in something where he's not Superman. Like, I think he did a good job in this too. Is it as good as, uh, Westworld? I think so. I think Westworld was kind of crappy from what I've seen yeah. because it, <laughs> it just got boring. Like it's kind of slower. This is uh-huh. going to like three decades in, in eight episodes. So it's not, it's going by the seat of your pants. Speaking of HBO shows, Lovecraft Country. Oh yeah. Uh, that got canceled. Yeah. That was a big bummer. I uh I liked that series. I know you had like mixed feelings about it, but I was into the whole uh like monster random monster of the week type of thing and the metaphors mm-hmm. of it all. I think Jonathan Majors was a great actor. We're gonna see him more as Kang, but I thought that that role was pretty awesome. That series, that, mo- okay. that show. Well, I'm gonna try not pick up The Witcher since you watched it and you think it's good, worth watching. I'll I'll try to watch the first season, but man, I was I was confused after the second scene. I know, I know. Uh. 
I think it settles down a bit and you kind of get it after a while. Uh, but yeah, it's a good series. Would recommend it. I think Henry Cavill did a good job. Cool. All right. I'll check it out. I'll give it one more try. All right. Uh, what do you got for side stories? I think there's something big out. Yeah. Um, I finally got to see an MCU movie in the theaters again. Yeah, a new one. Uh, Me too. Yeah. We went to go watch Black Widow. Um, not together, separately. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, before even the movie started, I had a I tried something that I have not done yet. What is that? uh, I go to Cinemark Theaters, right? They're the closest ones to my house. And I buy the ticket through the app and it's reserved seating. So you don't even have to show up early or anything. I I literally leave my house the time it says the movie's going to start because I know there's 25 minutes of preview still. Trailers, right. Endless time. So I'll get there before the movie starts uh, and I'll still have to sit there for like 10 more minutes probably. Um, But what I did this time, not that they... Now that they have this feature, is I also ordered food as I ordered my ticket on the app. Oh, yeah. That's the new thing we saw last time at the theater. You can just prepare, or I guess, order ahead of time. Yes. And it's weird because you have to do this when you order the ticket. You can't do it separately. I'm kind of against that. Like, how do you know what you're going to want to eat later? I mean, yeah, you kind of have to guess. I, I only wanted a soda. I just got a medium drink. Oh. Um, so I think it's cool because there's a separate line for like mobile order pickup and you don't have to wait in the long line just for I only wanted a soda. So I included that when I ordered my ticket on the app I just go into that separate line they say oh uh, can I scan your barcode thing they scan it shows I ordered a soda they give me a soda I can go to the theater you don't have to wait in the long line so I think that is a plus I like it and no one else do it that way the line will always stay short don't listen to this podcast and take that out of your ears <laughs> forget that <laughs> Uh, I honestly think no one does this. No one's going to continue to do it because it's just something you don't think about. And it's weird that you have to order it with ordering your ticket, right? It is weird. Like, let's say you wanted more when you get there. You can't add on to it, right? You just got to go in line again. You got to go in line anyway. So I knew I only wanted a drink, so it worked out. But if I wanted, like, popcorn or something, I'd pretty much be going in line anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what I do like is I have, like, a go-to movie snack, and it's Reese's Pieces. That's mine. And then I'll do it drink maybe i got a lemonade this time okay. all right well yeah so i did that well worth it i watched black widow and i had a good time but i think this is it's almost like not even a natasha romanoff story huh what does like, that I, mean i felt like okay spoiler alert if you haven't seen it sure. yet. sure right, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be light spoilers just so it's not even that big reveal but like it just felt like uh florence Pugh, david harbour their characters were much more interesting than Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff. Interesting. Uh, all right. I think you're right. I mean, uh, considering they're Russian and she doesn't have the accent this entire time, it does feel like they are not family in a way. I think, yeah, I think they're, it starts off like they're family, right? So it's already like equal time to all of them. And then, and then of course, you know, jump to present time or, or right after Civil War. Right. And then we follow Natasha for a while until we catch up with Florence Pugh and then David Harbour and even Rachel once they're back in the story I feel like it's an even story again with them and I think I like their characters more 
they're eating up the screen more with their accents and being funny, right? I think Florence yeah. Pugh, I didn't know she's going to be that funny. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think she was great in the movie and I want to see more of her character. I want to see, honestly, I'd rather see more of uh, David Harbour. His character was hilarious to me. Yeah, he's pretty funny too. Yeah, And all the like, baggage she had to deal with for decades. What did you think of the movie? I thought it was awesome. Um, I It's just good to see an MCU movie in a theater again. Uh, but like what we said about like like the stakes of the situation, this was smaller stakes uh-huh. because of Infinity Stones and Timekeepers already. So I put myself in that frame, and I enjoyed it for that reason. It's kind of like a spy intrigue type thing where we're learning all these revelations about some inner workings of uh, a government organization, right? Right. Um, I don't think the big bad was like interesting enough. Kind of. Uh, they could have made him a little bit more evil. Uh, it was pretty evil in the beginning, but you kind of forget that. Like you kind of lose that if they continued showing him every now and then and what he what evil doings they're doing in the red room. It might have more weight to it when he's defeated but it just felt like this is a bad guy that I don't even remember his name (laughs) sure yeah I guess I don't Um, it's probably hard to pronounce Uh, but with the if we get to more spoilers right on the other Black Widows out there yeah do you think that's ever gonna come up again if ignoring Florence Pugh like the other Black Widows is that gonna considering they're everywhere it seems like the because it takes place right after Civil War right so more than five years ago in the MCU timeline right yeah Uh, I think that's what Florence Pugh and the freed Black Widows and David Harbour and Rachel Weisz that's what they've been doing those past whatever six years or whatever right is tracking down these black widows and like freeing them essentially that makes sense since they were also kind of in control uh under control okay yeah um yeah well, i always biggest complaint with mcu is their villains are just copies of their heroes yeah right and then i saw this i was like finally something different taskmaster is gonna be kick-ass and then i was like oh no it's not <laughs> That character like ne- barely took off the mask, so they're barely a character. They're just a device, right? Something mm-hmm. to tackle at, you know? Yeah. What did you think of the action? I thought it was pretty awesome. I think uh, the Black Widow type action is pretty good. Felt like uh, maybe a Bourne movie in a way with all the right. yeah. set in like um, European settings and these spy thrillers. And I uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. Even like the prison stuff. I thought, was, oh, that's it. Sure, I didn't know yeah, we were going to go cool. there. That was probably the best action sequence was the prison. Mm-hmm. breakout scene the whole like red room is a floating base like uh, that look i don't know that was kind of cheesy for me generic it felt like it felt like old school james bond villainy i thought like we lit like it's kind of like a winter soldier thing again where we're just in a floating helicarrier and it's gonna right. come crashing down again so mm-hmm. kind of we did this already in the trailer they made it seem like that sequence was gonna be the best part is when she's like jumping floating in the air diving down um and then like kind of like fighting while they're falling down and i feel like that sequence just came and went it was too quick yeah i thought they were gonna be there for a little while but i guess physics has something to say about that i think you're falling pretty fast <laughs> um there's still some twists that i thought were very good some stuff unexpected um and some definitely a lot funnier than i thought it was gonna be but it's still i would think not in my like best mcu movies it's probably like middle tier middle tier is it's not it's a top half 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, there's so many good ones, and there's few bad ones, so it's it's hard to, like, push it too high. But I think I like it better than Winter Soldier, and that's, like, a big controversial thing. Like, Winter Soldier, everyone loves that. To me, I don't think that's that good of a movie. That's interesting. I still don't get it. All right. Because they, they, they try to play, like, like with has these big reveals and secrets and spy espionage. Honestly, like, Civil War had be- better reveals than Winter Soldier did. Well, yeah. Civil War is literally the movie after, like, in this in the series in the captain america series no but when they say like twists and surprises they say winter soldier i'm like i saw those twists coming in the trailer oh wow okay yeah uh, civil war had more surprises to me than that so um yeah winter soldier i don't think is that great and black widow is probably like right above it as far as like which one i'd want to watch black widow more than winter soldier okay there's some tragic stuff that that they mention in this series in this uh, movie uh was this a worthy goodbye to Scarlett Johansson for the movie? Or was this just, you know, giving a no. female character a movie and also it's kind of a handoff to is Florence Pugh just going to be Black Widow for the Avengers? I think, it, yeah, it's both like Scarlett Johansson is a huge name and a big part of the Avengers that we need to give her a movie and also like pass the baton to Florence Pugh as the new like badass female lead. So like it, it did both, but I don't think it was a good send off for the character um if you want to talk about the end credit scene too like they they didn't even have like a real funeral for her i mean yeah i think it was like a something down the road like she's just returning yeah yeah, yeah but i mean like tony stark got a funeral uh, <laughs> she's a she's a spy you're not supposed to know she's dead <laughs> What do you think of that end credit scene and like will lead up to that? I still don't know what Val's whole plan is. Like, what's her? Who she's with? Is she with Shield? Is she with like a different organization? The team she's making seems like it's copies of the Avengers people, right? With uh, yeah. Captain America, Black Widow. But do they have a different agenda? Are they more like a Black Ops, really do the dirty work, don't care about their image type thing? Um, are they good guys or bad guys? I don't know. I think their intention, like the heroes' intentions, are to be good guys but um val is using them manipulating them to do things that are for her own benefit so like might not be good overall yeah they just so i think um oblivious yeah, right and uh i mean that's gonna be kind of cool i wonder if that's gonna be a movie or a show but like yeah is that I, what would you call that because i don't think i don't want to call it dark avengers because they're not villains necessarily and i don't want to i don't it's not thunderbolts because it's not thunderbolt ross doing it so it's more like a secret avengers or something like that well okay you you brought something up thunderbolt ross was in this movie and they mentioned the was it triple bypass or whatever he got heart thing okay so do you think he's gonna be red hulk soon and he's gonna be part of the team um maybe i also don't like him as an actor (laughs) just as a character as a character like also in the movie it just felt like he's so like they put layers and layers of makeup on him yeah what was that supposed to make him look trying to make him look a lot younger oh is he that old yeah i think he's kind of Oh, uh, I thought they well, were. He has to look younger than what he looked like in Endgame. He has it to just, look younger. Than it was that. just five years. Can you even tell when you're that old? <laughs> I think. I think with a. I thought they were making him look like tired because he was supposed to be gone through the surgery or whatever. Sure, maybe. Uh, yeah. I think I think he'd be kind of cool as kind of this uh, straight laced older gentleman on the team if he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, we already knew that Florence Pugh would appear in the Hawkeye series. It's probably just like a quick cameo, I think. I don't think it's just going to be a whole big deal in the show, maybe like two episodes. But I think it's more or less just like a test that Val's putting her. It's like, can you take out Hawkeye? Let's see. Oh, all right. I see. Take take him out. What if she does? Huh. Oh, man. Ugh. When's that series all coming right. out? A while from now? Uh, I think it's going to be in the fall. So Still? Okay. Maybe. I think it's the series coming up after What If. And then I think Miss Marvel will be the final series of this year gotcha it's got me excited uh yeah. i think flores Pugh was a good choice that she's she's doing the the funny bit the comedic chops for the new team mm-hmm. um i think her accent was like pretty good i didn't question it through the movie it'll do and i do you still do i don't think scarlett johansson had an accent because she wouldn't pull it off <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they did that decision in the second Iron Man. They just had to keep it, right? He, she couldn't go back yeah. and have a vo- uh, accent for this movie. It would have been weird. Yeah. And also, even even like um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, it's like, let's have her make her own world so she doesn't have to do the accent. Yeah, let's make her American. <laughs> <laughs> let's have her literally change reality so she doesn't have to do the accent. It's just magic. But all in all, I, I would give Black Widow probably like an 8 out of 10. Flat 8. Worth watching. Yeah, worth watching. Enjoyable, but not, you know, game-changing or anything like that. Yeah, I'd, I would definitely watch it again. I, I liked it for that. Um, I thought it was good enough. Yeah, I agreed. Same same sentiment. I think it had the highest box office debut since Rise of Skywalker. Really? Wait, what? Serious? Yeah, because, I mean, last year, all of last year didn't count. Yeah, so, uh, like, even people are going to the movies now for that, for that much? Wow, okay. I mean since Rise of Skywalker there's no big movie that came out oh since Rise of Skywalker that. I see yeah okay there's no huge blockbusters that came out in between then since the time of Rise okay gotcha yeah okay alright well that is it for side stories <laughs> Um, guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Just search all your podcast platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Stitcher, and even stream us on Spotify. Totally. And let us know what you guys thought of Black Widow. Was this a good send-off for ScarJo? On all our social medias, you can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss us next Monday for the finale of Loki on the Recap Show. Uh, But until then, Daniel, please hit him with the outro. If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Okay, see you guys. Bye.